Hey there, it's Mara Schiavocampo, and you're listening to Motivated. Whether you work out regularly or someone who really watches your diet, or maybe you've slipped off the wagon or gained back some weight that you've lost, or you just need an extra push to help you stay on track, staying motivated is key. And that's why we're here to help. Every week, we're bringing you the top health, wellness, and fitness experts, along with a lot of really amazing everyday people. And it's all about helping you live a healthier and happier life. The question today is, do you even need to exercise? It sounds pretty straightforward, but it can be actually a complex question. And we have two fantastic guests here to help me break it all down. Uh, Dr. Louis Aroni is an expert in obesity medicine. He's a professor of metabolic research at Weill Cornell Medical College and directs the Center for Weight Management and Metabolic Clinical Research. He's written three books, including his latest, The Change Your Biology Diet, The Proven Program for Weight Loss, for lifelong weight loss, which is important. And Noah Neiman is a Nike-endorsed trainer and fitness personality. He is a founder of one of New York's hottest boutique fitness studios, Rumble Boxing. Check it out if you haven't. Noah started as a trainer at Barry's Boot Camp. He's now one of New York's most popular celebrity and personal trainers, and he has appeared on several TV shows, including Good Morning America, of course, Nightline, Dr. Oz, and way too many others to name. We'll be here all day. <laughs> all right, so let's get going. So, Dr. Roney, I want to start with you. Is exercise the key to weight loss? Well, Mara, exercise is a key to good health. Forget the weight loss right now. One of the most important things that people can do to improve their health is to exercise regularly, whether or not they lose weight. And to depend on losing weight, it's, it's a mistake. It's a, it's a big mistake. So if you could do one thing, lose weight or exercise, I would pick exercising for the average person. So I, I think people really need to understand this, and we'll be talking about this as, as we develop the topic. But exercise, when it comes to weight, specifically to weight, helps to lower your weight to get to a lower plateau, and it helps you to maintain. It's critical for maintenance. But for good health, exercise is key. Okay, and I do want to talk about that because there are a million reasons why you should exercise, right? A lot of people think I'm anti-exercise because when I talk about weight loss, I say it's not that important. But right now, if we're talking about weight loss, a lot of people want to lose weight, and they go about that by increasing their exercise. I'm sure, Noah, as a trainer, you see it all the time. And then people get frustrated when they're not losing the weight they think they should be losing. Is I, exercise the key to losing weight? You know what? I, I think right now we have a, a misconception about uh, food and exercise actually together holistically. So the first thing that I see when people try to lose weight, one is it's always resolution season. They try to reinvent habits overnight. I'm talking about habits that have formulated over year, two years, three years, 15, 20 years. And then they get frustrated when those habits one, don't change instantly, and two, they don't see the effect of those changes instantly. So if you spend 15 years abusing your body, it takes more than one resolution, you know, three weeks into the new year to change things. So the first thing I see, which is a, a huge kind of misconception, is people over cardio, so they get on 
you know, the bike or they go for their jogs, which they hate to do. It's kind of a forced routine. It's like which punishment. Is, again, it's very discouraging. It's there's no reward benefit to your to your to your mind at all. So again, you dread this process and you're underfeeding. So what that does is actually first thing to actually go is your muscle. So you're catabolizing the muscle first because you're underfeeding, because you think you need a diet, and you're over cardiovascular training. Again, spinning the hamster wheel. So you're not seeing the results because that's an ineffective combination. Overfeeding is actually probably almost as bad as underfeeding, especially when you're spending an hour, two hours, just really churning your wheels on, the, on, on an elliptical or a bike or something like that. So again, we don't, we don't know. Most people just don't know how to take care of themselves. Well, when it, I think part of the problem is the messaging. So I'm speaking from, from firsthand experience that I had an idea about what it would take to lose weight. And I implemented that idea over and over again for my, all of what my was adult that, life. I think... The idea was that diet and exercise were equal, that I had equalized them. It was 50-50. I should be putting my efforts into both equally. And I didn't stumble upon the right formula, which I think is that diet is 70%, exercise is 10, and there are two other components that are 10% each. I stumbled on that by accident because I could not exercise because I had just given birth and you're not cleared for six weeks. And I found that when I changed my diet, poof, I was losing weight because I cleaned it up. Why is the messaging that exercise is so important to weight loss when that's just not true? I don't know why the messaging is like that because there's a tremendous amount of research that shows that for the weight loss part itself, it's it's really what you're eating. But once you get down, you need the exercise. And people get so confused, they think that they could just eat less and they don't need exercise. That's wrong too. So it's hard to understand why these myths keep getting perpetuated. If you had to break down, you know, of the, the, the importance of diet and the importance of exercise in a weight loss effort, what percentage would you give it? Well, initially, you could argue that it's 100% what you're eating. And then as time goes on and you get closer to a plateau, it becomes closer to 100% exercise. Because as far as maintaining, you can't be perfect all the time. That's just not going to happen. And you need exercise. You need muscle. You need uh, uh, exercising that muscle uh, to in order to get rid of the extra calories that you eat from time to time. And that's why uh, resistance training, that's why high-intensity activity is turning out to be so powerful in, res in our research studies. We're seeing that just doing cardio all the time actually makes your muscle more efficient when what you want is less efficient muscle. That's resistance training and high-intensity training. So, Noah, high-intensity training is the kind of torture that you put me through when I first started seeing <laughs> Don't you. Don't scare the children. Don't scare <laughs> oh, the no, children. Oh, no, they need to be scared. But I never felt stronger <laughs> no. than when I finished one of your classes. That's it's, true. It was incredibly empowering, but really hard. Talk about high-intensity training. I just – our bodies are genetically used to a certain amount of stimulus, and – now societally we we just don't give it that stimulus anymore we we're not we're you know we're bipedal creatures we're supposed to move we're supposed to utilize our body bipedal you mean yeah we have two, two legs we have two using we have, these big words on i don't throw school terms at you <laughs> i'm trying to impress everyone with my sat words but no what it is is what i call an evolutionary disconnect there's a way that we can live our bodies are extremely resilient they're high threshold machines that can take a lot of abuse but we don't believe in them anymore because we don't test them. So when you talk about diet and exercise and weight loss, I think we just have a whole war perspective on the, the, the purpose of each in our lives. So my math is going to be off on this one, but I honestly truly believe that 
each one is 100% important when you, and I know that doesn't make sense. total 200%. I know, and I know that math, my, my, Mr. Ashworth, my, my grade school <laughs> math teacher is going to kill me. He's going to call me up right now. But they're, they're both important equally for very different reasons. You can't out-exercise a bad diet. So if you're sitting there pumping, you know, the fast food, the, the, the preservatives, the, the foods that your body doesn't really recognize as food, it's going to store it. It just doesn't know what to do with it. It's, it's not the proper fuel. It's, it's like putting, you know, dirt in a Ferrari. It's not going to run, right? So exercise teaches us a, a variety of things. Most important, I think, is the belief in ourselves that we can accomplish something greater than just sitting behind a desk or scrolling or swiping or tapping. Um, but also it teaches us dis- discipline. So we're actually more inclined to make healthier food choices, which again is extremely important if we put that dedication into physically taking care of the one piece of real estate that we actually own on this planet, which is our body. And I, I do want to get into a lot the benefits because I'm a big, I exercise every single day. It's hard for me to even week. take a day off. You. There you go. Throwing those knuckles <laughs> Yes, I'm doing my best to keep up with you. <laughs> um, so I'm a big proponent of exercise, but not for weight loss. Yeah. So I do want to get into all of the great things about um, exercise. But in terms of kind of the because I feel like it's a disservice to a lot of people to believe that weight loss that exercise is going to be the key to their weight loss and then they get discouraged Mm. Um, and that one thing that I noticed when I started working out heavily is you get much hungrier when you're exercising a lot especially when you're exercising intensely so doctor do you have any tips or Lou do you have any tips um, (laughs) for how you can deal with that practical tips you start an exercise regimen and all of a sudden you find yourself hungrier which is counterproductive in a lot of ways what can people do to make sure they're not eating back everything they're exercising right in many people that doesn't happen they actually have less appetite when they exercise, maybe because they're able to access their fat stores. There are a number of technical reasons. But some people definitely get hungrier, especially if they exercise a significant amount. Uh, what we think is it's a lot of it may have to do with what you're eating. So having more protein, having more vegetables, having healthy fats, that's got to be the key thing. If you just eat carbs... You know, so you ha- we hear this all the time. I had oatmeal for breakfast and juice, and then I exercised, and then when I finished, I almost passed out. I was starving. It's because what you're doing when you exercise is you improve your body's sensitivity to insulin. You go through this big excursion of blood sugar, and you crash, and you're starving. So you've got to. So what do you have before you exercise? I actually don't. I, I'm a big believer in fasted workouts. So I work out first thing in the morning, and I don't eat anything beforehand. Do you disagree everyone. with that? I think everybody has to find their own path, to be honest, and not on some Instagram hashtag blessed (laughs) fake spirituality here. But it it is true. Does that work? Yes. Does that work for you? I'm not hungry in the morning. So for me, it's a waste of calories. So don't eat. It's not. I I hate getting away. of. uh, I want to get people away of this. You must eat six meals. I don't care if you're hungry. Um, I don't care what those calories are. You got to keep eat six meals to keep your metabolic rate going, you know, through the furnace. And correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, that might do something for you. No, it might not. There's a lot of confusion and there's many contradictory kind of studies out, which is why nobody knows what to do because there's so much misinformation and confusion. Yeah, I think the answer is that 
uh, it's not the same for everybody. That's the real answer, and that's why it's so confusing. I mean, we see patients all day. Like The kind of patients who we see uh, tend to be heavier. They're taking eight medications. They have sleep disorders. They failed everything. And I could tell you that the one thing that you recommend for the first patient is the opposite of what you recommend for the second. So I think that's what's led to the confusion. People have to realize that what works for them, that's the best thing. Yeah. And that's important for everybody to remember because you get kind of – some people get very – I mean, they're proselytizing their particular method, which has worked for them, but maybe is not going to work for everyone. My agent will kill me for saying this, but there – when people are, are doing that and telling you my method is the best method, I have the, I have the secret sauce, I have the key, um, they're trying to make money. Right. And again, sorry, John, but <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in this for, for a different reason right now. I want – people to understand that you have to learn how to take care of yourself. Now, trainers and nutritionists such as you know, you know Doc Lou over here, they can give you tools, but that's for you to decipher and, and really ingrain into your own routines that you must develop as an individual. Because if you're trying to adhere and conform to somebody else's routine, that's theirs. They spent a lifetime trying to build that up and, and perfecting their habits and generating their habits. You can't just put a Band-Aid on you expecting to use their same methodologies. It's not going to work, which is why you get frustrated, which is why these things fail and why you see a rise, a dramatic rise in obesity rates and, and, and really habitual diseases that are, are, are caused by, again, our, our, the way we take care of our bodies. All right, so let's talk about all the great things about exercise um, because there are so many. We only have 30 minutes. Right. It's, it's not enough time. Not enough. Uh, so for me, I learned all of these things as an adult because I did not exercise other than like for punishment. You know, I ate too much the night before. I wanted to work it off. It was always boring. It was a chore. I hated it. Now I go every single day. It's the, it is literally the most fun I have every day. What um, changed for you, though? So, well, the, really, I'm trying to think what did change for me was tying a motivation to exercise beyond physical change, beyond weight loss, beyond superficial things. What I realized was that there was so much more benefit to it. For me right now, it's my stress reliever. It's my sanity. It's my calm. It's what empowers me. You know, I stood on my head for the first time like two weeks ago in a yoga class, and I felt really strong. And then I felt like I could take on other challenges in life. Um, So let's talk about that for a second, because I know that's something you're really big on, is the kind of the psychological component and how it bleeds into other parts of your life. It's all, it's honestly, it's all psychological. And it's, it's really about belief in self, to be honest. Um, especially boxing, which is why I chose boxing to really pursue. Um, and strength training, which is, as the doctor will tell you, extremely ef- efficient in one, reconditioning how you, how you process calories, but also increasing your muscle mass is incredibly important for a variety of reasons, which you can get into later. Um, I'll just give a personal story. When I was uh, 9, 10, 11, I was 215 pounds at my heaviest, you know, Shirts and skins basketball was not my thing. I would always, <laughs> I was always shirts, t-shirt how on the tall, pool. How tall were you? Next? I was, I mean, I'm not tall now, but thank you. Um, I was, you know, five, seven, six, seven, five, seven, five, eight. Um, I'm taller now. Okay, I know we're on radio right now, but um, so I remember I used to watch, and this will date myself, but that's fine. Uh, Eric Nice, this MTV Beach House video, and I used to, I was over, you know, I was overweight, and I saw these guys and these girls partying, you know, shirtless, and they're, you know, and they looked like they were having so much fun, and I remember I would go to the gym, and I would train for that, and I would get frustrated, I would fail, and I would hate it, I would quit for three weeks, I'd quit for a month, because I was training for a physique, 
right now our industry is so backwards because we tell people to train for a physique when one, that's the most baseless form of training. The physique will come, but if you train for a feeling, again, like I said, we're, we're trained to hunt, to gather, to, to be present in our own lives, to be active. And if, when we train, and we especially train like boxing, which is what I love, that fight response, it is so emotionally empowering. You feel like you can conquer anything. Then you stay consistent because now you see the emotional benefits almost instantly. Your mood, your disposition changes. Um, you can also, why I think it's important for weight loss as well, and probably more so than you guys, is there's something called metabolic conditioning, which is a certain way of training, which can actually help your body kind of process calories um, better. So you're, you're more apt to be able to, to deal with the nutrients that you put in your body. But train for a feeling. Like you said, you train because it made you feel accomplished, like you could conquer something outside of the gym. That's why we're here. I want to spend that hour or whatever I have, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 10 minutes if I have it, training my body so that when I walk down the streets in New York, my chin is high and I know that I can handle what the day is going to throw at me. You can't do that if you don't believe in yourself. You can't do that if you're lethargic, if you're sitting there and just sitting all day and, and all these chemicals are being released telling you that this is what life is, just sitting, hunched over a desk, just not moving at all. Well, one thing that always plays in my head, which started in classes, much like your classes, I can handle it. Yeah. You're telling me to sprint at, you know, on an incline, <laughs> I can handle it, and then I do it. And that has bled into life tremendously. Challenge comes at you, I can handle it. And that plays in my head all the time, and that started with exercise. From a, a, a brain chemistry point of view, the endorphin high was something that I always heard about and I never really fully believed until it started happening to me. When I walk in the gym, I can be down in the dumps. And when I leave, I feel like the sun is shining on me. God is good. I'm so blessed. Right. I'm so happy. People, <laughs> hashtag, hashtag blessed. Hashtag. <laughs> Talk people, to me about that. I mean, one of the so there's no question that that exists. One of the problems is that people don't feel it because they don't exercise with a great enough intensity. You really you have to do intense exercise. So is there a relationship between how intensely you exercise and the level the degree of the endorphin high? Uh, yes. So <laughs> if you uh, it's very simple. If you yes. just walk slowly <laughs> for an hour, you're never going to get it. But if you do sprints, you might get it. And the, the more of that kind of stuff that you do, the more of the intense exercise you do, you're more likely to get it. So that's another area where high-intensity exercise comes in. It's shorter, it, it, so you can do it in less time, which is great if you live in New York City and, and you're short <laughs> time. for time. time. It can give you the endorphin high. It blasts your muscles in a way that... Uh, does what Noah was uh, implying, which is that think about if you eat too much, where do the calories go? It can go to your muscle or it can be stored away as fat. That's basically it. And if your muscle is active, it's more likely to go to your muscle and get burned up as heat than it is to get stored away as fat. So it's, it, it does everything that we're looking for in helping you to lose and maintain weight loss. And then how long does the endorphin high typically last? It's, it's different in different people. What do you see? Yourself? A couple hours, but like a solid like three to four hours. I mean, I feel good for pretty much most of the day after like a hard workout. Is that? That's Knuckle therapy. That's what it is. <laughs> Great. Therapy. And are there specific activities that will give you more of that? Or does in is intensity the only factor? Uh, in general, intensity is the most important thing. But what, what are you seeing in your clients? You know, 
like you said, you have to enjoy it. Or if it feels like punishment. But some things I hate in the moment. Like I do not you enjoy like burpees, high right? intensity running. No, I actually no. love burpees. Really? I'm one of the few. You are. Yes. I'm going to take. Check her pulse. I, know. I don't know I'm if you're of, that kind I'm of doctor, of <laughs> but, but check her pulse and see. Yeah. Um, she's on, on some. But I do um, not enjoy like oh. you know running intervals. I hate it in the moment, but I know that the payoff is great, that yeah. I'm going to feel good for like three to four hours afterwards. Again, that's a personal thing. Um, if your motivation is there to push through things that you hate because you have that benefit at the end, then you're training for that benefit. Again, if that benefit wasn't there and you were training for a six-pack, at the end of that, you wouldn't see the six-pack. Right. It wouldn't come right away. That would probably deter you. But because you're grueling away, you're grinding away, your body is um, going through what's called adaptation to specific demand. So your body has this high demand. It's got to be high performance for that 20-second or 30-second sprint, whatever the, the duration is. And then you have that almost immediate payoff, which is, wow, look at what I accomplished. Look at how I'm going to feel. You know that now. So your body is saying, I can get through it. Whereas if you remove that from the equation and said, all right, I'm training for a, a, you know, a six-pack. I'm training for a physique look. That reward isn't going to be there, especially at the at the immediate end. It's too so far removed. Too far removed. Your body doesn't relate. It's it, you know when my dog does something well, Oz, I love you to death. He gets a treat right away. If I gave him a treat three weeks from now, he would have no clue why he's getting that treat. So your body is saying, "Wow, you made it through this. I'm going to pay you back right now because I love what it's doing for me. Not just physically, because the physical part will come, the aesthetics will come. But like everyone's saying in here." Train for that feeling. Train for the emotional rewards. Train for the belief in self. So you have to have your goal in mind. You have to know what you're training for. Uh, Lou, how do you, what, is the, what are the challenges in motivating people who don't, say they hate, like my mother, she's 74 years old. She's never exercised and she will not. She says, I hate <laughs> it. People who don't like it, who look at it as a chore, they don't think the benefits are worth the effort. How do you motivate people who don't like exercise? And a lot of people don't like exercise. A lot of people don't like exercise. I, I agree. <laughs> Um, the, the approach, we may not be the, I may not be the best person because we see people like your mother. So we're just trying to get them from sitting on the couch to doing something. Uh, you know, that, that first little bit of exercise has a huge metabolic impact. That, that's the most important point. So you guys are talking about what young, healthy people should do to be in great shape and feel incredibly well. But the fact is that you take someone like your mother just getting off the couch and doing very modest exercise is going to give her tremendous health benefit. There are studies now showing that that's where you know things go from you, you'll die if you don't do the exercise to you're much more likely to survive. It, it's really in that first 20 minutes of walking around. Beyond that, people feel good. They get the kind of uh, metabolic benefits that we like to see. But your mother is the person who we, we need to target. So what do we do? We try to um, make things as simple and as easy as possible for them. And it can be hard. Uh, you know, we, we have people who exercise when they're watching TV. Now, that may not sound like a lot, but if you're doing nothing, just pedaling away on a stationary bike while you're watching your favorite TV show, linking those two things together, that's something. It's that, better that than can nothing. Be something. It's it's better than nothing. Well, you raise an important point because we are really talking about very high intense exercise. You know, kind of uh, weight training and running and sprints and inclines and boxing. But that all people are not at that level. So, how do you encourage people who are not at that level? Well, I, I think it's about again. You have to keep it relative. So high high intensity for us is much different. But 
going for a brisk walk up a hill for some is high intensity. So if you walk up a hill one time and you're winded, it takes you a minute or so, and you take a 30-second break, that's your relative high-intensity threshold. Then your body will, again, adapt to that stimulus so you can maybe push a little bit harder. I'm not telling you to go out if this is your first time, you're 75 years old, and, you know, take on, uh, you know, Mayweather. I'm telling you your body is much more resilient than you think. So like, like, the, like the doctor said, do 30 seconds of high, uh, you know, biking and get winded. Then take it, taper it off a little bit. Maybe push a little bit harder for 10 seconds. Then take a minute or two minutes where you go a little slower. It's, again, about creating these, the, the environment for your body at whatever level to get stronger. And the only way to do that, again, if you're medically clear, this, that's a whole different story. T- take that risk with your body because you're – you're going to be surprised, and that surprise is going to make you feel really good about yourself. Well, you can do more than you think you can. Haven't Always, studies yeah. shown that people, they overrate their intensity when the physical markers don't support their mm-hmm. assessment of how hard they're working? That, that's true. <clears throat> but there are studies now showing that exercise of as little as just a few minutes, few minutes of intense exercise, can have cardiovascular and other health benefits just a few minutes. So you do two minutes of intense cycling and then you relax and two minutes of intense cycling. So there are programs that even your mom could do that she could tolerate that will give her some type of improvement in her function. So then what's the takeaway here? How much exercise should people be aiming for a day, a week? How little can they get away with in the case that they don't like exercise? What do you tell people? It really depends on who you are. And again, we deal with people who are ill. They are not exercising at all because they have the kind of problems, you know, diabetes and, and five other illnesses. And so we try to get people doing a half hour of activity every day, or we'll try to get them to do an hour every other day, you know, basically a half hour a day or equivalent. There's just a study showing that weekend warriors do just fine. If you could just do the exercise on the weekends, you know, is that optimal? No. So if you do two hours Saturday, two hours Sunday, you're in a good spot? Research is showing it's, it's good, but is that optimal? I don't think so. And what do you say you know, about what people should be aiming for? Because you mean, think people should push themselves. You pushed I, me, I and know. I grew more than I would ever have grown on my own. It's it, Again, it's, it's a personal thing. Uh, I, you really, as much as you can, to be honest, we're, we're made to move. We're not made to live how we are right now, to be honest. We're not made to sit like this. We're not made to be as inactive as we are. So whatever you can, just know it, it's not easy. Trust me, I'm not, I'm not preaching at all. I know how hard it is with time constraints, with monetary constraints, with other obligations. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's hard, but always worth it. So whatever you can put in, again, you, it, education is the most important thing. I think hopefully today help people realize that, again, you are what you eat. You really got to take care of, of, of eating natural foods, whole, you know, fats, proteins, and carbohydrates balanced as natural as possible. That's important. But your body is made to move. It's why we have limbs. It's why we have lungs. It's why our heart can adapt to the stimulus. We don't test ourselves anymore, and that leaves us incredibly unfulfilled as a people, which gives rise to terrible things, depression, um, um, and you just don't believe in yourself anymore. So again, belief in self. Do as much as you can, knowing that 
Yes, it will be difficult to find time. Yes, we have so many other obligations, but it's not selfish to prioritize 20, 30 minutes every day for yourself to just do something. And then when you do that something, know that you could do a little bit more. So don't try to, again, reinvent yourself overnight. Small systemic changes, habitary changes daily, and you will end up being a much stronger and healthier person. Well, I think it's important, you know, to remember that it is not easy and it's not easy for anyone. I mean, uh, people who I think a lot of times people look at those who are really fit, whether you're a marathoner or a triathlete or just someone who lives in the gym and you get the perception that it's really easy for those people. But I have now expanded my social circle to where I have a lot of fit friends. They want French toast at brunch too, but they're not ordering it. It's hard for everyone. Uh, And prioritizing yourself is also really, really important to put yourself first. And as a mom, that can be very difficult because I'm leaving the house. My daughter says, don't go. It's a Saturday morning, but I have to get that workout in or I'm going to be a really grumpy mommy. We look, we look at at taking time for ourselves as selfish. Um, And I really don't think that's the case, especially when it comes to our own uh, self-development, because we're better people for others when we take care of ourselves. We're better mothers. We're better brothers. I know that I'm a better person when I take care of my body. I, I, I treat people. I respect people more because I respect myself first. So, again, I think it, we can't have this backwards philosophy that, oh, I'm taking this 30 minutes that I could spend on, on you know, friends and family and, and, and my loved ones where, listen, your number one job is taking care of yourself. And I'm telling you, you will be that better person for other people when you do. So parting wisdom. So is exercise worth it? That yeah. was the question we started with. No question. But Always. don't expect to immediately lose weight. Don't mm-hmm. expect to eat whatever you want and exercise and, and you're going to lose. That's not going to happen. That's an unrealistic expectation. And if you do that, you're going to be disappointed. Noah? Absolutely. Uh, train for a feeling. Train for the, the knowledge and belief that you're not made of glass and you can do so much more than you even could conceptualize yourself doing and just... There's something empowering about that. So always. All right. Thank you both, Dr. Eat, Dr. eat your fruits and you. veggies, Eat your fruits too, and veggies. And your <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much, Dr. Lularoni and the one and only Noah Neiman. And check them out at Rumble Boxing in New York. Thank you so much. Staying motivated is a 24-7 job. Let's keep this conversation going. Send us your questions by using the hashtag motivated or tweet me at MaraCamp. Help spread the motivation by taking a moment to give us a quick review. Just click the link in the description of this episode. New episodes post Monday mornings. And don't forget, you can watch this interview anytime at abcnews.com. Motivated is a production of ABC News. Thanks for listening. I'm Mara Schiavocampo. campo